Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. And something I wanted to share with you guys today is probably my most creative way to get clients. Because so many people out there have these amazing strategies and techniques that they talk about. But a lot of time, it requires a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And this is probably one of the easiest methods that I've ever been able to create, cultivate, and teach people. It may be the single greatest thing that I've ever come up with. And uh, I wanted to share it with you guys today on the podcast because I've never yet talked about it on the High Ticket Podcast Rebels. So I hope you guys are ready. Let's dig in, Rebels, and let's jump into the episode. Welcome to High Ticket Podcast Rebels, where we cut the crap, laugh at our own jokes, and show high ticket coaches just how easy it is to build a 30K a month coaching business using nothing but a podcast. Ready to scale your coaching business to multiple six, seven, or even eight figures? Let's go. All right, guys. So I want to dig into this episode today. And uh, I'm kind of laughing at myself, actually, because the whole reason I'm recording this episode was that I went on a date yesterday and... um, I wrote an email about the date this morning talking about this idea of tapping into your creativity because we were walking home from this date yesterday and um, Carrie, my date, (laughs) she'd like picked up these um, like canvases on the side of the road, but they weren't really canvases. They were like picture frames. So somebody had thrown out some picture frames in this like dumpster next to this hotel. And she was like, oh, this looks like a perfect opportunity. Let's paint with these. And so we ended up painting on the back of these, you know, trash canvas pieces of art. And uh, if you didn't see my email and you didn't get to see my amazing Bob Ross inspired art, well, you probably saved yourself a really big headache because truly my painting was horrendous. Carrie, on the other hand, completely bamboozled me and tricked me and pretended that she had never done this before and clearly has been painting every day for her life because her picture was so much better than mine. At least that's what I'm telling myself. But that's what, no, what you guys want to hear about today. I want to talk to you guys about this creative method to getting clients And actually, I had a deep conversation with Carrie last night kind of talking about this because she was really curious. You know, I was recently writing a PDF, uh, breaking down the strategies of how you can use a podcast very easily and very creatively to get clients, even if you haven't launched it yet, even if you don't have any downloads, even if you don't have a following, and you can literally use a podcast to go out there and start getting clients right away. And as she started to read this PDF, she started to ask me all of these curious questions about, you know, how I do it and how it would work for her and the process behind of it. And so I wanted to make this podcast episode today because a lot of you guys may have these similar questions like, well, how can I use this in my business to start getting clients today? How can I do this if I haven't yet launched a podcast? What do I need to do in order to make this happen? And so this kind of creative method that I want to share with you guys today, it's been responsible for literally millions of dollars of sales with all the clients that I've worked with. I had one lady who was able to go out and use the strategy to close a $4 million deal in 30 minutes because of this podcast interview. And usually for her to close a deal of that size and that magnitude would literally take her about 40 hours of calls. But because she put it in the format of a podcast, she was able to close that deal very, very quickly and very easily. And Beyond that, we've also had coaches and consultants and course creators and agencies and all manners of different businesses. Even have one guy who is selling EV equipment for like electric cars. If you sell something that's high ticket, and when I say high ticket, I mean over $3,000, this shit works and it works really, really well. And so this process and what we call it is something that we've named over the years podcast closing. And it's a very, very simple process. And the reason that I believe this is one of the most creative ways to get clients is that you're not really selling. And so a lot of people, they go into these environments and they're like, oh, I need to sell somebody on my product or service. 
And with podcast closing, it's not really like that. And so if you're not familiar with it, let me break down this process so you can understand how it works. So in the first step, what we want to do is we want to go and attract somebody that we want to sell as a dream client to us on our podcast. The second thing we want to do is we want to interview them to build rapport, to start seeding this idea of them working with us. And then the third thing that we want to do, once we've got that bit done, is we want to transition from the podcast interview to a little conversation at the end of it where we offer them a sales call. And I've had clients like Brett Schwartz, for example, and you know Brett's still in my coaching program, the PPA today. You know He has like a 95% success rate with getting people from his podcast onto a sales call, and he closes way more people in that situation on those sales calls than he does with his regular sales calls because the trust levels are so high. And so what I wanted to do this morning was really just break this down for you guys, give you a really good understanding of what this looks like, how you can do this for yourself, and really get crystal clear on it. And there's four main stages that I want to break down for you. The very first step is just understanding how to position your podcast so that you can do a podcast close. And so a lot of people, when they create a podcast, what they do is they interview other experts and they themselves are never put in the spotlight as the expert. And so what this looks like, and I'll give you an example, let's say that you are a, uh, a Facebook ad agency and you work with chiropractors, right? How most people would do this is they would create a podcast, they would bring in experts who have done amazing stuff with Facebook ads, they would interview them about all of these kind of creative things that they've done, and then at the end of this episode, um, what, what they would do is they would say, hey, you know, person that we interviewed, go and share this with your audience, and their idea is they're creating this world-class content for anybody that's interested in Facebook ads as a chiropractor. Here's the really big problem with that. Chiropractors don't give a shit about Facebook ad marketing experts. And if they do, they're probably not going to hire you. They're probably going to run Facebook ads themselves, right? Who is interested in that stuff? Other marketers, right? And so what ends up happening is you build a podcast for your dream clients that really just other marketers are listening to. And so the very first step of podcast closing is to flip the switch on how you position your podcast. And what you do is instead of you being the interviewer, interviewing other experts. And the problem with that, by the way, is that you become known as an interviewer, not known as an expert. And so this happened with Pat Flynn with the Smart Passive Money podcast. You know, he did so many interviews with so many amazing individuals that nobody knew Pat as an expert. They were just like, oh, Pat Flynn, he's the podcast interviewer guy, right? And he was never able to make himself stand out as an expert in that specific thing that he knew really, really well. And we don't want that for you guys. And so what you do instead is that you actually start interviewing people who are your dream clients and you are the expert on the podcast. So for example, if I wanted to do this with the chiropractor business that we were just talking, instead of talking to Facebook ad experts, I would talk to chiropractors about the challenges of growing their chiropractic practice online. And so I'd bring them on the show. We'd talk about what they were doing online. I'd ask them some questions. I'd give them some insight. And then a lot of the time, they're going to give you opportunities for you to share your area of expertise because you're the marketing expert. They're just the chiropractor, right? And so it gives you a lot more opportunities to do and share um, the value that you have. And so there's kind of a couple of benefits to this. The first one being you become the expert instead of the interviewer. 
The second benefit is that every single time you're interviewing somebody, you're interviewing your dream client. And so that means you have the opportunity to connect with them further and sell them, which is what we're going to cover in this podcast episode. And then the third thing, which is really, really powerful, is that your podcast becomes a beacon for your dream clients. And what I mean by this is that people love to listen to people that are like them. If you interview a bunch of marketers, other marketers are going to want to listen. If you interview a bunch of chiropractors, other chiropractors are going to want to listen. Right. And so as chiropractors start to listen to the show, one of two things happen. One, they really love the insight from real people in their industry who are sharing what's working today, what's not working and getting that advice. The second thing is they're seeing you be the person that gives advice. So they're more likely to reach out to you. And then the third piece, which is really, really cool, in my opinion, is that um, once they have been listening to the show and once they recognize that you are the expert, a lot of them will reach out to be interviewed and they'll say, hey, I saw you interviewed Jimmy, the chiropractor. I'm just like him. Can I be interviewed on your show? And then you can turn that into another sales opportunity as well. So step one is really just repositioning the show. And how we do this is instead of interviewing experts and people like that, we're actually just going to focus on interviewing our dream clients about the challenges they have with whatever it is that you help them to do. So if you help people overcome trauma and get better at dating, you're maybe going to talk to people about the challenges of dating while running a successful business. If you help people with their health, you're going to talk about the challenges of maintaining your health, maybe while, I don't know, running a business, right? Whatever the example is. Uh, and this, you know, for me, I, I work with a lot of people who work with entrepreneurs and other business owners. Um, but you can really just position the show to be talking about the pain point that you fix. So that's step one. Step two is now the actual tactical how we do this. And so step two is the invitation. Step three is the interview. Step four is the podcast close. And so the most important part of this entire process is actually step two. And most people get this wrong. Most people think the most important part of this strategy is when you actually get to the close, when you actually get to the point where you're like asking them if they want to do a sales call. That's not the time that's the most important. If you haven't done step two and three properly, it's usually too late at that point to try and close them. And so step two is all about attracting the right person to your podcast. And so it doesn't matter how you do this. You can do posts on Facebook, posts on LinkedIn, you can do emails that go out to your audience, whatever you want to do. But the most important thing is you need to attract your dream client, the person that you want to work with, you need to attract them to the show. And so years ago, I heard Steve Larson talking at Funnel Hacking Live, you know, and he got on stage and he shared this principle and methodology, and it actually stuck with me for a really, really long time. And his idea was that most of the time when we try and market to our customers, we are trying to market to people that are not in pain. So if you think about it, some people are diehard fans, right? If you go over to your friend and he's been a diehard Apple user for the last 10 years and you say, hey man, you want to get this Samsung phone? He's going to be like, no, I'm a diehard fan. And his identity is forged with Apple, right? It's very hard to shift somebody's identity. You've also then got the people who are kind of on the fence, right? Maybe they've had a Samsung phone. Maybe they've had an iPhone. What do they look at? Well, they look at the external things, that are, you know, happening within this. They're saying, okay, um, you know, I, I, you know, maybe like the features of this phone. This one's got a better camera. You know, this one's a better price. They're going to look at those external factors 
and really try and decide which is better. And that's somebody that's on the fence. You also don't want to sell to those people because they're really going to be conditioned to look at things like price or features and benefits. Now, the third type of person is the person that has tried to be successful but has never managed to do it. And so I'll give you an example because this was me not that long ago. Uh, I had tried to work with a Facebook ad agency six or seven times. I literally had hired and spent tens of thousands of dollars working with about six different agencies because I wanted to get Facebook ads working. I couldn't figure it out. The agencies couldn't figure it out. This was like an internal problem for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to run Facebook ads, but I can't figure out how to do it successfully. And so I was in a lot of pain. And the third and final part to this was not not only was I in a lot of pain, but I was also a buyer in the marketplace. I was somebody that had already invested money into agencies, into solutions to try and get Facebook ads working. And so one thing that was a really, really big takeaway for me on this is that when you're trying to attract your dream client, you want to go after people who are like that last option. Somebody that is a buyer, but somebody that's in pain in the marketplace. And so for me in that example, you know, I really wanted to run Facebook ads, but you know, internally it wasn't working because of me or because of the agency. I didn't know why it wasn't working. And, you know, I'd already paid to try and find that solution. So when you're going after your dream customer, you want to find people like that. You want to find people who are in pain in the marketplace and ideally are already buyers. So if I wanted to sell to somebody that wants to launch a podcast, I'm much better off trying to work with somebody that has already paid to have a podcast bill or have a podcast done and, uh, and to actually market to people who haven't been able to figure out how to monetize their podcast because those are the people that are in pain. They've done a podcast, they've invested money into it, but they can't figure out how to make any money. Because when I come in with the, hey, listen, it's not your fault, you've just been told everything the wrong way, there's this new and easier solution, it's called podcast closing, and it can help you make money immediately, those people are immediately going to shift over to my solution because they wanted the solution all along, they just couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out how to make the money. So when you're going after your dream customers, that's who you want to go after. And what you want to do is put out posts or emails or specific, you know, audio messages to these people to invite them to come onto your show. So you might say, hey, I'm looking for six and seven figure entrepreneurs to talk about the challenges when dating uh, on my top 100 podcast, comment below, I'd love to interview you. And you'll often in different groups get a lot of people that reach out to this. Uh, One of my clients, Gloria, she did this. She had like 90 people who commented on this post and she went through and worked through systematically. Now, she ended up with doing about 20 to 25 interviews with these people, and she closed a ton of them into clients. You know, bear in mind, each client was worth about four to $5,000 every single time. And so one post can actually give you a whole array of these amazing clients at your fingertips. But the most important thing is that you only want to get onto a podcast interview with somebody who you know is going to become a client potentially. And so what you don't want to do is invite a ton of people and be like, hey, are you a business owner and want to come on my podcast? To then find out that they aren't actually in pain or have the problem that you're trying to fix. Because then when you get to the offer part and you try and make them an offer, they're going to be like, hey, I actually don't have that pain point and I'm not interested. If you make sure that every single person who you bring onto your show is somebody that actually can be a fit for your product and service, 
and is in pain around the thing that you solve, then you're going to be much, much more effective in closing them into your offer. And so inside of our programs, inside of the Podcast Profit Accelerator, we call this concept the minimum viable customer, really understanding who is your minimum viable customer and making sure that everybody that you interview on the show fits that demographic. Now, once you do that invitation, now they're coming on the show, now they're booked in. And this is where we go into step three, which is the podcast interview process. Now, a lot of people get really confused with this. They say, Jamie, I'm not sure about this method. Like it sounds really like, you know, dishonest, like I'm getting people onto a show and I'm trying to sell them, you know, and they're coming on for the interview. Like, I'm not sure like how this process works. And one of the really, really big things to remember about this guys is that this is just like a normal interview. You're still going to publish it. You're still going to ask them a ton of questions. They're not going to know that your goal and intention is to get them onto a sales call. Or maybe they do, which is totally fine. I've had tons of people who are like, wow, I love this process. I got to know you better. Now I get the chance to talk to you about working together. This is an amazing creative way for us to connect further. You know, truly great clients really don't care about that stuff. But what we're going to be doing in the interview process is very, very simple. We're going to be doing one of two methods that we teach. We call them pull podcast closing and push podcast closing. And I'm not going to go into the fine details of that here. If you want to find out more information about the difference between pull and podcast closing, you can go down to the link down below, go check out podcastprofitaccelerator.com. And there's a free case study, which goes into some of these details, as well as a video after you uh, get the case study, which goes into more detail about the strategy. So you can understand it a bit better. And then if you want to learn more about that, you can always book a call with our team and one of our team members can reach out and help you figure this part out. But when you do the podcast interview, all you're going to be doing is focusing on building rapport, building rapport and seeding the idea of working with you. And so sometimes this can just look like subtle hints. You know, you might say during a podcast interview, you know, hey, what, what, what has been the best way that you've monetized your podcast, right? And this would be if it was one of my clients that I wanted to And they might say, well, I've done some advertising, I've done some this, I've done some that, but you know, it's not been super effective. What do you suggest, Jamie? Right? And a lot of time they're gonna ask you that question back or you can say, well, if you're open to it, I'd love to share one of the methods that's worked really well for me. And then you can talk a little bit about your area of expertise, you can give some value and you can mention about, you know, how you can help people to do X, Y, Z. And the whole goal here is to tease them and to uh, actually see the idea of you working together. And I used to do this when um, I, I wanted to get joint venture partners. You know, at the very beginning of the podcast interview, they would be like, hey, you know, good morning. How are you? I'd be like, I'm great. How was your day? What did you get up to? And they'd be like, oh, I did this, this, and this. And they'd be like, how was your day? I'd be like, great, actually. I just got off a podcast interview with somebody else. Right now, we're looking for joint venture partners. And it was amazing. You know, I just got off this call. We're going to do a joint venture together. You know, she's this amazing individual, this amazing entrepreneur. I'm honestly just so stoked about working with her. And like just then at the beginning of the interview, I see this idea that I'm looking for joint venture partners. And sometimes I would get halfway through an interview and this person's like, okay, this sounds awesome. I'd love to get involved. How can we JV while we're still doing the podcast interview? And so your entire goal during the interview is just to build a rapport, ask great questions, and at the more advanced level, really just starting to seed the idea of working together. And now, once you get to the end of the podcast interview, and we tend to do these interviews for about 20 minutes or so, you then do the transition. And the transition is the really fun part because this is where you hit stop 
on the recording, right? You, you stop the recording, you turn off the microphone. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but you know, if you think about like, imagine you were on set on a TV set or a movie set and the cameras are rolling and everything's intense. You're doing this powerful interview and then they're like, cut, the camera stops rolling. What do you think happens? <sighs> this big breath of fresh air, this sigh of relief as they're like, wow, we can just relax now, right? And, you know, Oprah's up there on a chair. She's like chilling out now. She's like kicks her legs out, puts her feet up. Same is true with the podcast interviews. Once you stop rolling, once you stop recording, it becomes very, very relaxed. And when it becomes very relaxed like that, what's amazing is that you can then deepen that conversation and deepen that relationship. And so when we go into the next step, which is the podcast close, what we're going to do is we're really just going to carry on that conversation. Oh my gosh, dude, that was an amazing interview. I can't believe that you said you live in Wisconsin. Like, whereabouts in Wisconsin do you live? Or, dude, I can't believe you told me that you went to that theme park. Or you told me that crazy story about speaking on stage. Or, you know, your mother, sister's, uncle's, auntie's dog was from the left side of Algeria. Like, I have so much in common with that. <laughs> Whatever it is that they said during the interview that you vibed with, just pick back up the conversation, you know, and, and keep going into the conversation. And one or two things tend to happen here. If you've done the podcast closing the way we teach inside of our process, often you'll never even have to offer a sales call to them. With Brett, the way it works 99% of the time is that when he talks to people, at the end of the interview, they ask him, hey, Brett, I want to learn more about this process. How does this work? Right? Because he's a master of pull podcast closing. It's one of the things we teach and you can check out in that video down below. But what's really interesting is that even if you don't get the pull podcast closing working perfectly, what you can do is as you continue this conversation, you can just ask a question and offer them a sales call. And it can usually look a little bit something like this. Um, dude, I really appreciate this time inside of the interview. By the way, I'm kind of curious, have you ever thought about blank? Insert your cool, awesome thing here. Hey, have you ever thought about launching a Facebook group? Hey, have you ever thought about launching a podcast? Hey, have you ever thought about using Facebook ads to get more clients. Hey, have you ever thought about doing TikToks organically? Whatever your thing is, you can just be like, hey, have you ever thought about blank? And they're going to say one of three things. They're going to say yes, no, or maybe, or something along the lines of that. Yeah, I've kind of thought about that before. No, I've never thought about that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, why do you ask? And all of those answers you can just reply with, well, I'm not sure if you're open to this, but I work with a lot of people like you, and I would really love to help you figure out how to do more of that. Are you open for a call sometime this week? Because I'd really like to help you inside of your business figure that part out. And you can just offer them some help. Hey, would you be open to talking about me helping you in your business with your podcast? That's what we do. That's my thing. That's my thing. That's how I help people, right? And so you really just ask them the question if they thought about it and then make them an offer at the end. And this is what we call a push podcast close. Now, pulls are more effective. We found that they typically will close more clients. They're a little bit more advanced in the process that we do. And that's one of the things that we teach inside of our program. But even the push podcast close is still very, very effective. And you're really just asking them, hey, do you want to get on a call and talk about how I can help you? And the more you've seeded your expertise and the more you've seeded how you can help them in the podcast interview and the more they trust you, the better this is going to go. And then from there, you just book a sales call. Great. How does Tuesday at nine sound? And you book them in on the calendar and you go have a conversation and you sell them just like any other sales call. 
And so this is probably one of my most creative ways to get clients because it gives you an ability to do a couple of things. It gives you an ability to get past the gatekeeper. And so a lot of you guys, you work in industries and you work in businesses where you're constantly up against the gatekeeper. You can't get to the CEO. You can't get to the CFO. You can't get to the CMO. You can't get to the guy behind it. His assistant blocks your calls. You send an email. They respond. It takes six weeks to actually try and get anywhere with this thing. And so by using the podcast as a weapon or using the podcast as a weapons, probably an aggressive word, if you use the podcast as a tool to actually connect with that individual, you're going to build a really genuine relationship and often a friendship with these people that you interview. This is one of my favorite things as well about actually figuring out which clients I want to work with. Because if I do a podcast interview with somebody, usually in that interview, I can figure out, do I actually like this person? Would this person be a good client? Is this person going to do the shit I tell them to do? Or are they going to be a pain in my ass? right? You can really figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work. And then finally, you know, as you begin to get better and better at this process, you'll find that it's always that go-to creative way where when you have a dip or when something goes wrong, you can literally put a post out on Facebook, bang out five hours worth of interviews, you know, get 10 amazing potential clients on the call, and then you get two or three that close, you know, and suddenly you've made 15 grand in the space of a week. And you're like, wow, this methodology was great. Thanks, Jamie. Let me give you a review on your podcast because this was wonderful. (laughs) And so this is one of my favorite ways to get clients, guys. If you want to learn more about this, I'm going to be releasing this PDF upcoming in the near future. You can always subscribe to the podcast. We're going to give you more and more content about how you can use a podcast to close more clients. But honestly, the best way for you to figure out more about this process is really just to head down to the link below, watch the video, download the case study, because we go a little bit deeper into some of the other components that you can use to really start getting clients with a podcast. And if you want to learn more about how to do this and you're like, Jamie, I want to take my podcast to the next level. I'm that dude. I'm that dude that was in pain and couldn't figure out how to monetize my podcast. Then click the button down below and you can book a call with one of our team members. And uh, once you get on the call, the team members, they're going to take a look inside of your business. They're going to analyze your podcast and they're really going to help you figure out where you're going wrong and how you can improve. And potentially we could even start working together inside of the accelerator program. So guys, have an absolutely wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you liked it and if it was valuable, do me a favor, hit me up on Instagram at Jamie Atkins. That's J-A-M-I-E-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. And just let me know what you thought. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this. Catch you on the next one. Okay, bye.